you look at adults who do transition, who go through the hormones and go through the surgeries, 10 years after surgery, they start their suicide rates start to climb above the general population. By 30 years out, their completed suicide rates are 19 times greater than the general population. So hormones and surgery do not prevent suicide. And it, of course they don't, because hormones and surgery do not treat psychological problems, which are at the root of a transgender belief. This is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong? All right, I'm glad you could join me today on What If We've Been Wrong? You know, this issue that I'm covering today has me so fired up, and it's because our nation's been lied to, and the people who are being hurt the most, the, the, the most vulnerable, are American children. So before I introduce my guest today, let's walk this dog together. Can you imagine going into the Land O'Lakes, Florida um, High School, the Chasco, well, it's actually it's a middle school, Chasco Middle School. It's a typical public school, just like many others. And the boys were changing in the PE class last year, just like they always do. But this time it was different. Suddenly a girl appeared and quote, caught them with their pants down quite literally end quote, as the Christian Legal Aid Group Liberty Council puts it. Some of the boys ran to get their teachers, but incredibly, there was nothing the teacher could do. In fact, faced with a gag order from school officials, he could not even say anything about it. Welcome to government schools in the year 2019 America. As if that story could not get any weirder, school officials ordered the teacher to be in the boys' locker room while the girl was changing and could have been showering. All right, is that crazy or what? But it gets, but check this out. Let's shift gears now and go north to the state of Minnesota, uh, in which the St. Louis County School District helped to get a minor child an irreversible, quote, sex change, end quote, unbeknownst to the parents and against their stated wishes. This is a lawsuit now, but the boys' surgically removed genitals are never coming back regardless of the outcome in court. Well, my guest today is Dr. Michelle Critella. She's the executive director of the American College of Pediatrics and Pediatricians. Uh, she served uh, on the advisory board of the Alliance of Therapeutic Choice and Scientific Integrity, and she chairs the Gender Identity and Sexuality Subcommittee of the Catholic Medical Association. She's a peer reviewer of the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons and for the journal Issues in Law and Medicine. In these capacities, she's become one of the, the most outspoken and often cited critics of the fraud of transgender pediatrics. Dr. Cotella, 
I'm not going to be intimidated by that short bio. Thank you for being on What Have We Been Wrong? <laughs> thank you for oh, being Oh, thank here. you so much, Terry. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, we, we've got a mess on our hands, and we're going to dig right into this and uh, not try to waste a minute. Can you, well, I know you can, please explain to us what is meant by, you know, sex, gender, and gender identity, if there are differences in any of this. Hel- help us understand. Sure. Well, the one the one word that we all must be very clear on is sex. <laughs> um, sex it is related to our reproductive capacity, and in human beings, that's a binary that's a binary function. You need a male and a female to make a baby. You need male test a uh, male sperm and female ovum to come together to make a new human being. That means by definition that human sexuality is binary, period. Um, So in terms of science, which deals with physical reality, as a biological sex determined by the genes on our sex chromosomes. And those are present at fertilization. They are stamped into every cell of our bodies and never change. They cannot be changed by drugs, by hormones, by surgeries. They stay the same across our lifespan. Now, gender is the the uh, left's weapon of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, gender used to mean masculine or feminine and would apply to grammar. So, for example, in the Spanish language, if I have a male friend, the word is amigo. If I have a female friend, the word is amiga. Amiga has a feminine gender. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nouns are assigned a gender, but people have sex. This changed when in the 1950s and 60s, we had sexologists. These were doctors like the infamous Dr. John Money, who wanted to justify their mutilating surgeries that they were doing on transsexual men. So these these sexologists like Dr. John Money, they knew that they could not actually change the man's sex. So they decided to um, engineer the word gender. They said, ah, We're going to make up a new definition for gender. We're going to say that gender means an internal sexed identity. And we're going to say that by removing genitals and constructing fake vaginas and doing this cosmetic feminizing surgery, that we are actually treating their gender, their internal sexed identity. This was pure linguistic engineering not science and that is the first time the word gender was applied to people and the first time it actually appeared in the medical literature was to justify these mutilating surgeries i've read a lot on dr alfred kinsey you know who was truly a sexual deviant was dr money working alongside dr kinsey so dr kinsey um Dr. Mon- uh, Dr. Money and Dr. Harry Benjamin all came from the same um, radical sexual 
po- uh, political background. They yes, they all drank from the same. Yeah. They all drank the same Kool Aid. <laughs> put it put it that way. Absolutely. Well, you know, yes. I read. Dr. And um, well, I was going to say I read Dr. Judith Reisman's book called Sexual Sabotage, and I've interviewed her before, and yeah. she's a friend of mine. And um, I, I remember reading that book, and I got to the end of it, and I thought, do I act? Do I understand what this? PhD just wrote so I called her this is before I, I knew her I, somebody gave me her telephone number I said Dr. Reisman I, am I understanding this correctly that that this sexual deviant um, Dr. Alfred Kinsey and the and his yeah. other minions they unleash the pseudoscience just like you're describing and that pseudoscience mm-hmm. changed our laws is that what this book really just taught me because it blew my mind yeah. and she said bingo because you know she's so spunky 80 some years old bingo you hit it out yeah. of the park terry that's yeah. exactly what i just wrote about i'm like this and i said doctor dr eastman do do, uh, do law students understand what you have in your book? And she said the vast majority of lawyers today and judges and doctors have no clue what Kinsey did to our country. Mm-hmm. Alfred Kinsey uh, and sexologist John Money, as well as um, another one, Dr. Harry Benjamin, were all um, part of the sexual from cradle to grave. And, you know, if it feels good, do it. Nothing wrong with it. All three of them uh, were implicated as pedophiles as well. Um, So that's the sordid history. Um, So, but in terms of with what's going on now, in terms of language, uh, remember before social engineering, there's always linguistic engineering. So the important thing to remember is that sex is biological. It's determined at fertilization. It is, it's materially real and we all have it. And it never changes across the lifespan, and it cannot be changed. Um, gender, uh, gender can only properly mean masculine or feminine, but now it's being um, used to refer to these fake identities that have absolutely no relationship to the physical body. And that sort of brings us to gender identity. What is well, gender identity properly understood means an awareness, a self-awareness of one's sex. And in the in the 70s, um, psychology, that's how psychology understood it. Um, Dr. Lawrence Kohlberg, developmental psychologist, said children go through three stages of awareness of their sex. He said by age three, most can accurately say I am a boy or I am a girl. It's not until age five, however, that children understand a boy becomes a man and a girl becomes a woman. He also learned or observed that many children did not understand that sex is permanent until age seven or a little older. So in other words, you may find a seven-year-old or certainly children younger than age seven who, if they see a man get into a dress and put on makeup, might actually believe that man just became a woman. So Dr. Kohlberg said, you know what? Gender identity is a developmental process. It's one that we learn. And there are three stages. Gender identity, by age three, they can accurately say, yes, I'm a boy or a girl. Gender stability, the understanding that a boy becomes a man and a girl becomes a woman, that's by age five. 
and gender constancy, the idea um, or the fact that sex doesn't change merely with a change in appearance. Um, and what's critical is that we now have the transgender activists in charge of our public schools who, ha who are gaslighting our kids, um, you know, from preschool to the drag queen story hours at, at um, libraries, all the way up until through grad school, they're now teaching that, hey, you might be born in the wrong body. And that is complete and utter nonsense. Okay, so Dr. Cotella, is there, any, is there any truth to somebody being born into the wrong body? Um, so scientifically speaking, absolutely not. What you will hear the other side say, including the activists in, in white coats with MD after their name, they will say, oh, you know, children can be born with a brain that's not on the same page as the body. Okay, again, this is... It's these physicians should be just laughed out of academia, out of out of practice. Mm -hmm. um, it's not possible to have uh, for a boy to have a girl brain any more than it is possible for a boy to have a girl arm. Uh, as I said, the genes on our sex chromosomes determine our sex. They're present at fertilization, even in every single brain cell. So, no, you cannot have a girl brain and a boy body or vice versa. Mm -hmm. We also know from twin studies. So, so then the question is, okay, well, how do you know that, um, how do you know that life experience or, you know, like the environmental factors, how do you know that life experience environmental factors play the greatest role in transgender belief? And to answer that, we can look at identical twin studies. <clears throat> and here's why. If you, a trait that is determined by genes alone, like skin color, will be found to be the same in both identical twins 100% of the time. So <clears throat> I don't care where you grow up or um, what kind of trauma you sustain. Uh, if you are identical twins, <clears throat> and you're 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 both um, and your parents are both white. You are going to be born. You're both going to have white skin. It doesn't matter how you're raised, what trauma you sustain, or anything else. Your skin color is not going to change because it's determined by genes alone. Sex works the same way. Our sex is determined by genes alone, hardwired. However, transgender belief is different in identical twins 72% of the time. <clears throat> so that means 72% of what contributes to a transgender belief in, in one identical twin versus the other has to do with experience event after birth. <clears throat> okay, that, I get so, it, okay. Yeah. And that's, I, I hope every American hears what you just went over. I mean, you've just pretty much nailed it. I think they call that you just hit the ball out of the park. So we've been lied to by the medical profession. Yes. We've been lied to by. We are being lied to. Mm hmm. Well, I was just reading in the New American magazine, uh, the, the art, well, I'd interviewed him too, Alex Newman, and he wrote about how in New York schools, um, the schools were caught giving children handouts on sex change surgery. 
you know, it's just incredible oh. that they're teaching these young children. And then, of course, indoctrinating them with this, you know, as early as whatever it is, preschool with the, you know, the transgender, you know, and they're as creepy as yes. all get-go. You know, there's, I really agree. I think it's Mary Haston has published a book that entitled Get Out Now, Pull Your Kids Out of Public School. I fully agree. It, the the sexual revolution, the lies that our children are being taught now, especially with this transgender ideology, it, you don't get any more of a perverse lie than to be teaching all children, particularly from preschool forward, that they can't trust the physical reality of their own bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you just think about John Paul II and his theology of the body, our bodies declare who we are. Uh, We're going to be coming right back with Dr. Critella to talk about what's the harm to children, women, and men from the medications and the, um, the surgeries to make this attempt to transition from male to female or female to male. Uh, We'll be right back. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. You're back with Terry Beatley and Dr. Michelle Critella. She's the Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. And she and I are discussing the fraud of transgender pediatrics. This is a crime against American children, and it has permeated the public school system as well as, to a large degree, our medical community. So imagine sending your kids to school. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm just picking one of many examples here. Uh, the Chickpeas Preschool in Brooklyn, New York, and teacher Katrina Green hosted uh, one of these LGBT theme stories which tries to normalize glamorizing homosexuality, cross-dressing, fornication, homosexual marriage uh, to little preschool children. And she boasted that, quote, it allows preschool children to deepen and complicate their ideas about gender at the exact age when they are often developing rigid ideas about this concept. So, 
Dr. Critella, we've already covered that and why the why these people right. of this postmodern era, you know, who deny the reality that there that there's male and female, end of story. And um, so we've already right. covered why they're why they're attacking the children at such tender ages. I want to get into what's the harm to children, to women, to men, you know, from these medications and the surgeries to try to transition them from male to female uh, or vice versa. Sure. And so we'll we'll talk about the medications too first. Um, so the the most uh, shocking and alarming uh, consequence comes to the young children. So children as young as age two are being um, are being socially transitioned. So you have a two-year-old little boy who um, in the past might have been considered, you know, oh, more on the effeminate side. Well, now he's labeled transgender. In other words, if you have a little child who breaks sex stereotypes, you know, like your little girl who in the past would have been considered a tom girl, well, now she'll be labeled transgender. Mm, and terrible. the doctors, uh, pediatricians will will tell families, oh, you have to actually, you know, dress them as the opposite sex and have everyone treat them that way and, you know, change their name and so on and so forth. And then when these little kids get to be about age eight or nine, they're put on puberty blockers. Puberty is one of the most crucial and critical normal stages of physical and emotional development of children and we are blocking it that right there is malpractice um, in a physically healthy child that that alone is is malpractice and causing harm um, if you do this you stop the development of secondary sex characteristics using puberty blockers halts the development of ovaries and eggs and it halts the development of testicles and sperm. Therefore, if you take these little kids, <clears throat> and usually when they go on puberty blockers, they won't change their mind. They will continue with the fantasy that they actually can become the opposite sex. And these kids will request cross-sex hormones. Yep. Once these little kids are put on the cross-sex hormones, they are now sterile for life. We are sterilizing children as young as age eight and nine. Like, let that sink in. That's how evil, that's how evil this movement is. Is this all part of the population control movement? These people who are for, you know, homosexuality and they're for abortion, they're for all the contraception because their motivation is to control population. Is that at the root of this? Um, I... I see it as all part of um, this. I see it as part of the sexual revolution, which in reality is the Marxist deconstruction of humanity, Thanks. right? It's it's the this deconstruction of any sex differences whatsoever. And so at the at the root of that is death. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, the sexual revolution is all is really the all part and parcel of the culture of death. That's right. Um, so I'm not surprised by, you know, I don't think any of us should be surprised that um, sterilization of the young is uh, one of the major harms of this movement. Oh, it's just horrendous. Where's um, the American College of Pediatricians right. on this? What what are what's your what's your organization saying? I mean, clearly you're saying that, but I mean, are all the well, members? Well, we keep our, our organization. Uh -huh. Yeah, the reason we're yeah, 
our organization, I was the one who first came out years ago, I think in 2015, and called it institutionalized child abuse. And I was, I was attacking um, the med- the institutions of medicine and psychiatry. Um, and I still maintain that's what it is. This is institutionalized child abuse from the top down. Because um, not only are we permanently sterilizing these little children, the older kids and adult women and men who go on the cross-sex hormones, their fertility is also impaired. But more importantly, <laughs> they're at elevated risk for heart attacks, um, strokes, blood clots, cancers, diabetes, um, emotional emotional swings. Um, like women become uh, on testosterone become extremely um, aggressive. Their suicide rates persist at greatly elevated rates above the general population. Um, so the medicalization, the medicalization of this psychological disorder um, is not the solution. It's, it's actually harmful by every measure, by every measure. It is harmful toward everyone physically and psychologically who gets um, dragged into it. It's insane. Yeah. It's it, this. I feel like we're living. Well, yeah. there's no fit. We're in an upside down world, and we're we're we we've thumbed our nose. We the society it, it thumbed yeah. our noses at God, denied God's resistance. This is a direct attack on God's family, and I it just I I, I find right. it so that that the idea that this is now instant. It's bad enough Planned Parenthood and all that is institutionalized. Now we've got the institutionalization of transgender pediatrics and what it's going to do and what it's doing to these children for the rest of their lives and what you just said a second ago and, medicalized yep. psychological disorder it's a man-made disorder as they get as they reach the yes. younger and younger this is not a disorder this That's is a man-made right. disorder so, terry i'm so glad you said that um because you're right this is not just a mental disorder anymore um, prior to the whole transgender civil rights kicking off, the um, mental disorder of gender identity disorder or gender dysphoria was infinitesimally small. It was a small fraction of a percentage of people who ever felt or believed that they were born into the wrong body. But now we have this top-down indoctrination coming from medicine psychology, academia, um, that is fast being enacted in law. Um, as you pointed out in the public school system now, schools are transitioning kids behind their parents' backs. Um, this is really and truly frightening because we are creating a population of diseased children and adults. Um, and I think the best thing we can do is to educate parents that they need to be proactive. And especially if you have young children, I really do recommend looking into um, homeschooling to fortify the kids. I mean, just, you know, it used to be people wanted to homeschool um, for religious reasons, but now you actually have to homeschool to guarantee that you can get the children to be taught basic biological reality. It, it's really incredible. And I, I want to pivot back to one thing. Tell us about the suicide rate of uh, for children who try to go through this transgender stuff and or adults. 
you know, what, what, what are the numbers on suicide? So here is, so the most common statistic given is that, um, the transgender population, uh, 40% of transgender believing individuals will attempt suicide. Oh. There are, um, there, well, there are problems. That's the one that's most commonly thrown around. It was published by, um, the Williams Institute, which is an LGBTQ, um, research arm, you know, sort of how Guttmacher, Williams Institute is to LGBTQ as Guttmacher Institute is to Planned Parenthood. The better studies say that um, the rate is more like 20% of transgender believing children and adults will attempt suicide. So we don't want anyone to attempt suicide. No. But what I'm trying to say is, so what I'm trying to say is, um, so yes, it, it is elevated in that population, but the, the best estimate is 20% will attempt suicide. That is on par with the percentages of suicide attempts with other mental disorders. So in other words, if you look at children who have anorexia nervosa, they too, will that population will have a 20% or thereabouts attempted suicide rate. Um, you look at children with autism, they also have an elevated suicide rate. Uh, look at children with depression and anxiety. Yes, they have an elevated suicide rate. So the most accurate statistic we have is that 20% of the transgender population, be it children or adults, or children and adults, um, will attempt suicide. So although that's elevated compared to the general population, that 20% risk is on par with the elevated risk of other groups of children and adults with a mental disorder. For example, if the person has anorexia nervosa, approximately 20% of that population, people with anorexia nervosa, will attempt suicide. And the same can be said of the, a population of autistic individuals and a population of individuals with depression and anxiety. So, the transgender activists are lying when they say that there is something unique about the transgender population uh, being, you know, at, at extra, extra, extra risk of suicidal um, attempts. They want to have it, but they, the activists claim that there's no mental disorder. Uh, they claim that transgender belief is normal. And that we need to be concerned about the elevated suicide rate. I'm saying, sure, we need to be concerned about the elevated suicide rate the same way we should be concerned about the elevated suicide rate in all mental disorders. Because in fact, transgender, when your belief about your body does not match reality, that is a disorder. And if you look at the elevated rates of suicide attempts and uh, completed suicides, it's on par with other mental disorders. So you can't have it both ways. Well, if we look at adults, this is, this is one last important, this is the, probably the most important statistic. If you look at adults who do transition, who go through the hormones and go through the surgeries, 10 years after surgery, they start, their suicide rates start to climb above the general population. By 30 years out, their completed suicide rates are 19 times greater than the general population. 
So hormones and surgery do not prevent suicide. And it, of course they don't because hormones and surgery do not treat psychological problems, which are at the root of a transgender belief. And friends, you have just heard it from Dr. Michelle Critella. She's the executive director of the American College of Pediatricians, and she's exposing the fraud, and I wish I could scream that word, the fraud of transgender pediatrics and the politics behind it. Stay with me. We will be right back. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Terry Beatley, and I'm interviewing Dr. Michelle Cretello. She's the executive director of the American College of Pediatricians. And friends, we're talking about the fraud of transgender pediatrics, what these nut jobs out there are doing to our little children, uh, particularly in government-run school, and uh, with doctors who have bought into this hook, line, and sinker about trans- transgenderism and all this and, and what they're doing to the kids. There's a competing association of doctors, uh, and it's called the American Academy of Pediatrics, and it's 80 years old, but something's happened to that association. Can you please uh, d- define the differences now, uh, Dr. Critell, in these two groups and the history of them? Sure. So um, essentially, the American Academy of Pediatrics, or AAP, is um, pro, uh, pro-abortion, anti-parent rights, um, pro-LGBTQ. They uh, essentially back every policy of the Democratic Party. They even turned climate change into a pediatric issue. Climate change and immigration, (laughs) those became pediatric issues. Um, And the way this happened, they are an 80-year-old organization they were the only game in town so to speak for 80 years the only professional guild that pediatricians could join and um, they really embraced the sexual revolution um, around the time of Roe v. Wade prior to Roe v. Wade they acknowledged they they outright said our patients begin at conception following Roe v. Wade all of a sudden they were 110% behind uh, teenage girls' right to have an abortion without parental consent. On the whole transgender issue, uh, right here to understand their insanity, um, they are 110% behind a 13-year-old girl getting a double mastectomy if she thinks she's a boy. Oh, my gosh. But the same, yeah, yeah, get this, but the same American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a warning to pediatricians and parents to really talk to their adolescents and counsel them against getting tattoos because tattoos are essentially permanent and they can cause scarring. 
But a double mastectomy, if you think you're a boy, oh, that's okay. So that is how far gone the American Academy of Pediatrics leadership has gone. Now, see, and here's the problem. They have 66,000 members, but all of their policies and statements are written and passed by roughly 30 people. Oh. And that's why I talk about this being a top-down tyranny. Um, so who, so the American College of Pediatricians, we came from the AAP. We were, um, there were, it was a very small group initially, initially only 20 pediatricians. Um, one of them was even a past president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And this core group of 20 uh, were solidly pro-life and just deeply frustrated by um, basically the AAP bowing to political correctness and not even allowing minority reports to be published, uh, not allowing the greater membership to have a voice. And so that's how the American College of Pediatricians was born in 2002. We were born as um, a pediatric organization that will be rooted in the best available science as well as Hippocratic medical ethics. So our motto is first do no harm. We value life from conception through natural death. And we acknowledge the science that the natural family is the optimal, um, the optimal structure in which to nurture children. So the fact that we were founded and the first two statements were that we are, life begins at conception and that um, the natural family is the optimal setting for rearing children. Uh, we were immediately labeled a hate group. <laughs> You're kidding. By whom? Uh, by whom? The Southern by, Poverty By the group? wonderful Southern Poverty Law Center. No way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, they're so, such a joke. You know, they're so such a that, joke. That has become, yeah, they are a joke, you know, but but that's where we are. That's the stage that, uh, that, that as a society, that's where we are today. Okay. To well, stand for. Well, quick oh, question. Shoot. Wait a minute. How many members do you now have? You started with 20. What, what so are you up we to? Now, Yes, we, we now have 600. If it were not, we have 600 members now. If it were not for um, all of the, the flack and um, censorship that, that we get from the left, uh, I believe we would have many more members. So we wow. deeply appreciate parents um, who value truth and life to educate your own pediatricians about the fact that we exist and um, encourage them to visit our website. Which is what address? Let's go ahead and get it out there now. What's your web address? Okay, so um, A-C-P-E-D-S, that's A-C-P-E-D-S, A-C-P-E-D-S dot org. Uh, no. Parents, we encourage you to visit, yeah, visit our website, sign up for our blog. Um, our blog comes out bi-weekly and is, uh, has a lot of good parenting advice. You can also sign up for our newsletter, okay. which is bi-monthly. If you have a particular any concerns, you can also ask us questions. You can um, you can go to the contact us bar and you can ask us questions either about gender identity or other issues. How do they find uh, ACPEDS doctors in their own community or state? What, how do how are they going to find? Or do you have a list you of these doctors on the website? Because of the hate that we have received, we do not publish our 
membership publicly, but we can make recommendations if you contact us uh, through our website um, and request, indicate that you're looking for a, uh, a physician member and um, we can let you know if there are members who are accepting new patients. Okay, okay. Americans, listen to what Dr. Cotellas is saying. She's receiving hate mail, hate you know, threats or what have you. I mean, I can only imagine that the, that even these good, solid doctors are afraid to even join the organization. Wake up, Americans! Pull your kids out of public school. They are they they're in the grips of a very demonic. I mean, let's face it, this thing is demonic. You know, because at the end of the day, month, day, whatever, year, decade, what's going to be happening just even to women? How does this affect, I mean, you're a woman, I'm a woman. How will this affect women, um, you know, long term? There will be no women's rights. I mean, already, already we're seeing men invading um, not just women's bathrooms and locker rooms, in schools, in in public um, gyms, and uh, domestic abuse shelters, prisons. If if all you need to be, so all all you need to do if you're a man is say you're a woman, then you are one. Okay, so then we no longer have women only spaces. We now or women only sports. If all a man has to do is say, hey, I'm a woman, that means we now have men's sports versus co-ed sports, men private spaces versus co-ed spaces. So women's rights go away. And um, parents' rights go away also because if, and that's what we're seeing, when a school can actually transition your child without you knowing it, um, in, in the state of Oregon, they have runaways. They have kids who run away from other states to go to Oregon because Oregon will actually pay, their Medicaid system will pay for kids to go through the hormones and surgeries without parental knowledge or consent. So this is, this is incredibly um, evil. I mean, anti-American, anti-libertarian, but, but pure evil because we are talking about the erasure of women's rights and parents' rights right off the top. And... Um, and when you go deeper, <clears throat> at its root, it's really about the the heresy of Gnosticism. Gnosticism was that ancient heresy that Aquinas and Augustine f- fought against that basically said, um, or it's this belief that, oh, the spiritual is the higher good and the physical is, is um, a lesser good or downright evil. And that's what transgenderism is. It's not science. It's the belief that I'm I'm a feminine essence trapped in a male body, or I'm a male essence trapped in a female body. Um, that's a completely different um, conceptualization of a human being, and it's not the concept that our laws are based on. Our laws are based on natural law, which is based on reality. Our laws view human beings as sexed embodied beings so if we if we then entertain different definitions of what it means to be human there can be no human rights we only have human rights in law if we can all agree on what a human being is so this this movement really is the end (laughs) 
it, it, American jurisprudence it cannot withstand it. So let me ask you this. Is, do you think it's possible that all, say, biblically-based religions, you know, Catholic, you know, the mm-hmm. Protestant, different mm-hmm. denominations, do you think sure. it's even, possible? Even Orthodox Jews, oh, Orthodox sure. Jude, Jews, Orthodox Muslims. Yeah, so do you think it's possible that these Judeo-Christian denominations could actually be considered an enemy of the state? If the Equality Act, which is before the House right now, uh, the Equality Act is um, poised to recognize gender identity in federal law. If that passes, then absolutely, yes. Every religion that holds to the natural law, every sane person who believes in biology will be an enemy of the state. Jeez. You cannot protect you cannot protect gender identity and protect sexual reality it's impossible have you testified in front of congress yet or many times um i i did i was part of a briefing um i was part of a, of a briefing and i i'm involved in there there are yes i'm involved in in groups that have been trying to educate reps and senators yes okay so another action item can you uh is to our uh, the our cons- citizens need to be writing calling their congressmen congresswomen and asking them to vote against uh this uh, uh what's it called again the equality act so the equality yeah the equality act h uh hr5 is anything but it is not about equality whatsoever it's about the erasure of women and the elimination, the erasure of women, the elimination of religious rights, and the infringement of parent rights. It's incredible, you know. A, a friend, all in the name, all in the name of gender identity. Americans, let's wake up. I, I mean, I, I'm so, and I know you are too. I'm shocked at how many people are either apathetic, completely ignorant, or in denial or so easily duped, you know, and all of this has roots in, I mean, we know it's demonic, we know it's anti-God, much of this Mm. has roots steeped in communism, you know, people who call themselves today progressives, they don't have a clue that, that, that that's what the communists changed the word to, you know, communist mm-hmm. equals progressives. If you identify yourself as, well, I'm a progressive, well, you're basically saying you're a communist. And com- the communists knew that in order to try to take down America, we have to destroy it. We have to implode it from within. And we're right mm-hmm. there. A friend of mine is a, um, a very pro-life, uh, let's see, nurse practitioner. Uh, she's in a different state, and it's a state where they allow nurse practitioners to run their own you know, clinics. Well, she also mm-hmm. joined... Uh, she joined the, what was that thing called? It's a dental, medical, d- medical and dental association, Christian, Christian medical yes. and dental association. But this is what she told me. She said she went to the conference uh, for the first time and was a few minutes late, walked in and whatever this general session was, they were teaching the doctors and the medical people how to usurp and undermine and go around parental rights. 
She thought she, this is the Christian medical. And again, oh. this is what she told me, okay? And she was shocked. Yeah. She ended up with a, a small breakout session and then uh, told me that, that she brought the issue up again and people were getting up leaving her breakout session. So Americans, I say wake up. Doctor, can you please give us your website again one more time? Sure. So it's acpeds.org. All right, American parents, here, here's the action item because I'm all about the action. Go visit the website. Uh, biweekly, there's a blog. Sign up for her newsletter. You can contact them if you're interested in, in where you can find American College of Pediatrician member. When you take your child to the doctor, you better be finding out beforehand if they're on the opposition side and or when you go visit your pediatrician start having ask start asking these questions so you really know the truth about your doctor and and if he or she looks lenient towards all this transgender pediatrics go find yourself another doctor dr cretella thank you for being on what if we've been wrong because we are shining light in dark places All right, you heard it from Dr. Michelle Cretella and Americans, bottom line, it's time to wake up. Understand that America is under attack. This is no surprise, but, but most people today, because we've now had probably about three generations who have either uh, been poorly educated about communism and the planks of communism and uh, and the you know what are the fundamental ways that the progressives the, the 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 Marxists the communists implode a nation? They know they can't come and attack America for the most part with their planes and all that. They're doing it by imploding us from inside out. They 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 take us over morally, educationally, and then you know eventually financially. So I, I think it's important to know that this has been going on now for decades and decades, the communist plan to implode our country. And why do we know this so clearly? Well, there's tons of evidence out there. But one of the most recent things is uh, there was an interview done. Well, I say recent. It's still a couple decades ago, but, it, but all things considered, it's still rele- relevant. Uh, Yuri uh, Alexander Bezniov He was the son of a high-ranking Soviet army officer. He worked for the KGB. He had the best of the best schooling over in Russia. And in 1970, though, he escaped to the United States. And and in in, in a 1985 interview, um, Yuri explained how the KGB, how the communists planned and were were already executing the implosion of America. My hope, of course, as I share all this, I hope that if we would repent to the Lord uh, and, 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 and pray, pray that God will protect our country as more and more people wake up to the invasion, to the attacks, because look, Look what we're doing. We've already killed 60, uh, 60 to 61 million babies, right? We've embraced pornography. We've embraced homosexuality. We've destroyed the definition of God-ordained marriage. Uh, right around the corner is pedophilia. Yes, mark my word, right around the corner is legalizing pedophilia. They're just going to uh, sugarcoat uh, people who suffer from that kind of an attraction, having the desire to rape 
a minor child, um, they're, they're going to sugarcoat that and they will push to get that legalized. And then right around the corner from that is bestiality. If you don't know what that is, go look it up, bestiality. All these things come down the pike. So why do I say this? Yuri explained that 85% of the communist plan, you know, what they spend their time, money, and manpower on, it's not espionage. That's only 15% of the time, money and manpower. 85% is spent on this slow process. It's ideological subversion, also called psychological warfare. Their plan is to change the perception of reality so that most Americans uh, that even despite an abundance of information, like consider this, all that information that Dr. Michelle Cretella just went over, that despite the abundance of information, very few people would be able to come to a sensible conclusion in the interest of defending themselves, their community, and their country. Okay, so I'm telling you right now, if Dr. Cretella was sitting down with a group of, you know, 10 parents who believe that, that transgender pediatrics is a good thing, she could, she could present most of that information to those parents, and they've been so brainwashed, absolutely brainwashed, that they would not even receive what Dr. Cretella had just proven to them, regardless of all the, uh, of all the statistics, of all the facts, of all the proof um, that this is... Um, a man-made psychological issue. This is completely man-made. All right, so, so Yuri, he explains that, that the first thing that the communists do is they demoralize a country. And, and in 1970, actually by the time he did the interview in 1985, he said that in 1970 when he came to the United States, he as well as the Soviets back in Russia, they were amazed that their um, demoralization period had already fast-tracked so much because he said usually it takes 15 to 25 years. They were well beyond that in the in 1970s. Then the next period of time is the destabilization that takes two to five years, then the crisis, two to six, two to six weeks and then normalization. So I want you to think of this as like a tsunami, okay? So we've got boys and girls bathrooms now, we've got legalized abortion, the, the politicians, and yeah, look at the governor of Virginia pushing for legalized infanticide. We've got um, homosexuality is no longer a crime um, or a psychological issue, okay? Now it's been normalized. And they weren't happy with that. Then they had to push to destroy God-ordained marriage. Now, we've got no-fault divorce. The divorce rate is off the charts. And we're wondering what's wrong with American youth, right? You know, what's happening to America? Uh, pornography. Pornography, which has caused millions of men and millions of boys to be addicted to pornography. So this is not happening just vicariously or by accident. This is planned. It's methodical. So here's our action plan. America Out Loud, it's a, it's a fantastic news media platform. So we're asking you to tune in every single day. So I'm asking you Monday through Friday, tune into my show. It's one o'clock every day. I also have a pro-life uh, a ministry which is uh, dedicated to fulfilling the promise I made to Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the father of America's industry of abortion. That's called HoseaInitiative.org. That's H-O-S-E-A, HoseaInitiative.org. And I'd like for you to go visit that website. You also need to download 
uh, talk radio, America Out Loud talk radio app. Um, make sure you have that on your phone. It's 24 hours a day. And again, my show, 1, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Also, I'm swinging back over to the pro-life ministry. Get the book, What If We've Been Wrong? Keeping My Promise to America's Abortion King. Americans, we're going to do this. We're going to shine light in dark places. Thank you for tuning in today.